Hello, everybody, and welcome to Investing with IBD, sponsored by Vantage Point. It's Wednesday, May 26th. I'm Alyssa Cora, multimedia content editor, and my co-host is Justin Nielsen, IBD Market Research Director. Our special guest this week is Ken Shreve. He is senior markets writer, leaderboard portfolio co-manager, and of course, an IBD Live panelist, along with the rest of the crew. Ken, welcome to the show. It is great to be here, Ali and uh, Justin. Looking forward to, uh, well, it's always a great uh, conversation talking the market. Yeah, it's almost uh, like we have a co-co-host, huh? That's right. <laughs> almost, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so we get to talk so much, uh, whether we're in the office or on, on the IBD Live together. So um, I was talking a little bit before the show, just letting Ali know that when I first started working here in 97, Ken was, uh, Ken was already a fixture. You know, he was answering all the emails from the AOL.com account that we had for so investors.com. And uh, yeah, so definitely uh, Ken's got a lot of experience, been been around for a while. He's seen a lot of, uh, a lot of changes. Uh, Absol- ab- absolutely. Started, uh, started in customer service, uh, you know, came, came back and helped with the launch of investors.com and was in advertising and then moved over to the newsroom. So it's been, uh, it's been quite a run. He's seen it all. Quite a ride. Yeah. I, well, I always love being around you guys. And Ken, looking forward to having your commentary today on the current market and our special educational lesson today. We're going to dig into what does support at the 50-day or 10-week line look like, the ideal technical action that you want to see. And of course, we're going to wrap it up like we like to do with a couple of current ideas. Uh, But first, Ken, let's talk about the current market we're continuing to see some positive signs here with the NASDAQ and now the Russell 2000 back above their 50-day lines. Yeah, I mean, a great uh, great day for the Russell 2000 on uh, on Wednesday, a big percentage gain up about 2% or so. It was a pretty volatile session for the, for the Russell 2000 on Tuesday when it uh, reversed uh, lower and went back below the, the 50-day moving average. But, uh, you know, on Wednesday, a nice, a nice percentage gain. It was by far the, the standout uh, percentage performer. And, uh, you know, the NASDAQ had another uh, good day traded in a tight range and uh, closed up near its uh, up near its high uh, for the for the session. Uh, we're still we still have the uptrend uh, under pressure for a couple reasons. I mean, one thing we still have a, you know, an elevated distribution day count uh, with seven on the S&P 500 and uh, and five on the NASDAQ. I wouldn't, you know, but the index is so close to their highs, uh, certainly not a, a market under meaningful uh, uh, distribution, but you know we do have we do have seven distribution days and a fairly short amount of time uh, on the S and P 500. So uh, just because the market uptrend is under pressure doesn't mean you have to you know run to the sidelines and and uh, you know raise uh, raise cash. The the market, especially on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, has been presenting some uh, some pretty uh, compelling uh, opportunities, and the action in individual stocks has been pretty pretty good. Well, you know, on the distribution front, uh, I, I think it's important for people to realize, you know, we, we, we track the distribution days, but the big picture, I think, does a really good job. And of course, you know, Ken Shreve is one of the writers of that uh, regularly, uh, but it does a really good job of kind of explaining how sometimes not all distribution days are created equal. And there have been a lot of these very, um, I guess, borderline, you know, where it's just, you know, just made the definition, uh, but certainly not, you know, one of those one percent, two percent, you know, big days down like we were seeing in uh, in, in a more volatile market. 
Yeah, I mean the the thing was so so seven of the uh, of the seven distribution days, uh, a couple of them were you know uh, including one on Tuesday was down just point uh, point two one percent I think we had another one is down point three, the other five you know down anywhere from point seven to point nine to we had a couple of, we had a one percent decline, uh, so I, I would say there are probably five of those seven distribution days were you know I mean kind of meaningful percentage declines two of them were not uh, not so much but you definitely uh, it's a good point Justin you want to you always uh, look at, at distribution days I mean there's there's mild distribution and there's a very heavy distribution heavy distribution is typically when you're down at least one percent in, in very heavy volume, and um, you know mild distribution days you kind of take with uh, take with a, a, a grain of salt. You're looking at the five distribution days we have on the Nasdaq, uh, we've got a one point nine percent decline, a two and a half percent decline, a 09 percent decline, and then a, a couple of uh, more modest declines. So it's not a it's not a market under meaningful distribution at this point. And you know the indexes have shown us uh, in in the past that uh, it could they can do pretty well even amid a high distribution day count. And, you know, we're not that far off from highs, especially with the Dow and S&P 500, NASDAQ back above its 50-day moving average. So uh, they're not a big issue for the market right now, but uh, it just gives us uh, it just gives us some some pause. And we'd like to see the NASDAQ prove itself a little more and maybe get a, just a, a new uh, new closing high for the S&P 500. Maybe that'll be enough to put it back into a, you know, a confirmed uptrend. You know, and as a side note, uh, I, I feel like a lot of times when the, the indexes are able to survive, heavy distribution counts. It, it does seem to be like in these situations where we have a very accommodative uh, Fed policy, where yeah. it's almost like people start looking around saying, well, what else am I going to put my money in with, uh, with, with rates so low? Yeah, well, the uh, obviously that 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 ten-year uh, Treasury yield was a, a focal point for the market not that not that long ago, and uh, that has been uh, coming down uh, lately. And you know, inflation fears are are still out there, and and fears that the Fed might be uh, behind uh, behind the curve. But uh, you know, I just I think the pieces are in place when you look at just all, all the, the the positives and the negatives. I think I think the positives outweigh the negatives right now in the market. I think the technicals look uh, look pretty good. I mean, if we, if we start to see that 10-year yield spike higher again and go from 1.6 to 1.7 to 1.8, that, that could cause problems uh, for, for the market. But, uh, you know, we've got a, a Fed meeting coming up in, uh, in mid-June uh, where we could see the Fed start to, um, you know, uh, be uh, taper some of its uh, monthly asset uh, purchases, but even if they start doing that, you know it's it's not going to be aggressive. And uh, I think we're just looking at a, a period of time where money is going to be cheap for the foreseeable future. And even if the Fed starts raising rates, it's sort of like money's going to go from being really, really, really cheap to you know, really, really cheap to really right. cheap, you know. So it's, uh, and, and I just, I think that the, the corporate earnings picture still looks uh, very, very solid. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot of great earnings reports in, in recent weeks. And in some cases, the comparisons have been pretty right. easy, but we're seeing, we're seeing plenty of good outlooks and, uh, you know, talking a lot about accelerating, uh, you know, earnings and sales growth. We're seeing a lot of that. So I think the market fundamentals still, still look pretty good. So there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic. And Ken, you talked earlier about uh, the improvement in terms of setups that we're seeing. Let's talk about that a little bit more because we always like to say how that is a really good indicator underneath the surface of the health of the market. So that picture seems to be improving as well. Yeah. Um, and setups, you know, it could be, you know, there's certainly some stocks that are forming bases. I mean, on the one hand, it, it really would be nice to see a, a good a good reset in, in the 
in, in the market because that's that's the time when when stocks can come in 20 30 percent off their highs and form the left side of their bases and then start working their way higher you usually need a you know a meaningful market pullback uh, for that to happen usually it's not a, a four or five percent decline in the indexes isn't going to be enough for stocks to build uh, proper bases but um and I've probably seen more opportunities in the stocks coming down to their 10 week moving averages after after breakouts than, uh, but we've seen we've seen a fair number of, uh, of base breakouts as well. So it's like what Scott St. Clair says, one of our, our colleagues who works over at MarketSmith, he, he, he tends, he says he tends not to look so much at the day-to-day -day price action in the major stock index. He looks at just all the, all the stocks out there. What are the screens uh, telling him? And I think we'd all agree that at least over the past few days, growth stocks have started to act better and, um, you know, there's just, it seems to be in just a better overall environment right now. Well, and to that end, you know, the growth stocks were the ones that were struggling the most, you know, yeah. so, you know, whereas the S&P 500 was kind of sticking around that 4% correction level, the NASDAQ composite had more like a, you know, 8%, almost a 9% correction. And, you know, some of the growth stocks, the especially the stocks of yesteryear, those were the ones that were seeing the serious, you know, 30%, 40% or more uh, declines. But now, you know, that, that relative strength line, if you look at the NASDAQ composite, it's, it seems like it's starting to pick up a little uh, bit. You know, the S&P 500, of course, is the, is the bogey that it's comparing itself against that relative strength line. So it's been really in a decline since February. And do you think that this, you know, this, this at least short term uh, uptrend potential recovery is, is something that's kind of helping out? Yeah, no, I, I I totally agree, and I thought it was important uh, <clears throat> important observation that Arusha made uh, earlier uh, Wednesday morning on IBD Live, where he looked at just how how the market, what the pullback in early September looked like. Yeah, there you go. I think it's a, it's a very good um, very good precedent to to look at. So what what could what we could see here is now that the Nasdaq uh, has you know managed three straight closes above its 50-day moving average, uh, you'd expect it to maybe just kind of make a move towards that 14,000 level, uh, just like the NASDAQ did um, during its second rally, and it, it came up close to that 12,000 level. And uh, yeah, right. Uh, it pulled back. Yeah. And then it, and then it bumped up against that 12,000 level and just spent a little time underneath there. So we'll see if the NASDAQ right now can get closer to that 14,000 level, move sideways. And that uh, that could pave the way for an upside breakout. You know, we're not in the prediction business, but uh, that, that seems like a, a scenario that could could easily play out from here. Well, we'll definitely talk a lot more about this whole idea of precedence and, you know, some of these stocks that have been pulling back to their 10-week moving average lines or, you know, when to use this as a sell signal. And we'll do all of that right after this break. Stay tuned. Do you want to conquer market volatility? We can help you protect your hard-earned capital. Visit www.freestockcoaching.com and find out how VantagePoint's AI technology can forecast stock market trends up to 72 hours in advance with incredible accuracy. VantagePoint's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds, so you can finally stop guessing what's going to happen next. Check out www.freestockcoaching.com and experience VantagePoint for free. Learn how successful traders generate their wealth. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. 
Welcome back to Investing with IBD. This is Justin Nielsen, along with my co-host, Ali Quorum, and our special guest, Ken Shreve. Um, we were talking a little bit about how long mm-hmm. Ken and I have been around and even you know, reminiscing about when, when Ali started. But Ali did some research and found uh, the, the website back when you started uh, and, and you were kind of managing the the, the whole online presence there, Ken. Uh, so Allie, do you want to go ahead yeah. and show, show us what you found? Yeah, for those who watching the video, I know this is also audio only, but uh, yeah, go to investors.com slash podcast to catch the video version of this. I couldn't help myself. I wanted to know when you guys were talking about, yeah, the, the, you should have seen our old website when we first started in the dot-com days. It was just one page. And so here it is, everyone. In January of 1997, as far back as we could go on the Wayback Machine. And we also were able to click around a little bit, found uh, the front page story by Russ Britt. Who is now our tech editor? Just lots of fun little tidbits. So yeah, if you're and an IBD, it was, IBD, on tech. It was yeah, about it was this on whole tech. this whole idea of web TV. Will it catch on? <laughs> exactly. So if you're a, a big IBD fan, that and you have some free time and you're curious, might be fun to poke around on this Wayback Machine. But I, I thought it would be fun to share. That's the first I've ever heard of a, the Wayback Machine, but that uh, that web that web page brings back a lot of memories for sure. A lot of memories. A lot of a lot of well, uh, responding to emails. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> through the AOL.com account. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's now shift gears and talk about the educational lesson of the week. Ken, you're really great at spotting pullbacks. We like to call you eagle eyes and the conditions in which you really want to see those pullbacks occur for a potential buying opportunity, maybe some red flags on the sell side when it comes to pullbacks. But I guess let's start on just give us your sense of why it's so important to be looking at these pullbacks in the first place. Well, I mean, first and foremost, you're not going to be there for for every breakout and, you know, a stock, a stock will break out and you miss it for whatever reason. But if it's a really strong stock, you know, it'll it'll come back and stage an orderly pullback to the 10 week moving average on the weekly chart or it pulls back to the 50 day on the on the daily chart. And it's just a it's 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 often a very good uh, time to get in on a stock if you miss the initial uh, breakout. So we talk a lot about, you know, buying heavy volume breakouts and uptrending markets, but if you miss it, you know, you get that, that first pullback. I, you know, and I will buy at the second pullback as well, but ideally, you know, you want to, you want to be there for that first, uh, for that first pullback to the 10 week line. I think a common pitfall for a lot of uh, investors though, is, is buying too early, maybe thinking that the stock is, is, is testing support, but is it really finding support? Is it really, are there really buyers truly coming in and supporting the stock at the, at the 50 day line on the daily or the 10 week moving average on, on the weekly? Some Sometimes it's, you know, a stock will be will be sitting right at the 50 day line, but it's not really not clear that it's really attracting meaningful buyers there. I think it's a a riskier buy. But I think you have an example here of Toll Brothers, which uh, uh, really responded positively to uh, to its earnings report. On, uh, on Wednesday, yet another company showing accelerating uh, revenue growth in recent quarters and, and great uh, earnings increases as well. But this to me is just is a classic example. You got you got two you know heavy volume up days in a row. Now uh, you go back to last week, this stock was testing 
you know, and it had a couple of little blue up days there, but was it a conviction bounce? No, it, it wasn't. It still looked like a, a test to me. It was just not clear that buyers were truly stepping in here. But after its price action on Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, I think this is just a, a good example of, uh, of, of what legitimate support at the 50-day uh, looks like. Mm -hmm. And that's a ticker T-O-L for all of you listening out there. Uh, so Justin, weigh in here as well, because it seems like Ken's point about waiting till you see that conviction can help prevent you from buying something that is maybe on its way down to the 50-day line or 10-week line and could keep falling. Well, I guess that's the, that's the thing is we tend to be buying on strength you know, not weakness. And so while a lot of people might be thinking that this whole pullback to the 50 day moving average line or the 10 week line is something where we're trying to get in on something on sale or, you know, on, on the cheap, you know, the reality is it's, you know, it's gotta be in an uptrend. And, and that's, that's something a lot of people maybe miss out on is that whole idea. We're just buying a temporary pullback, uh, something that has been looking very strong and, you know, just as Ken said, I like to see that evidence of strength coming in, you know, rather than waiting, you know, or, or, or trying to buy early and saying, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to buy here, even if it goes down a little bit more, and some people will add to it, which is not something we do. We never average down on individual stocks. Um, but yeah, you, you have to have that sense of, hey, there's, there's that support coming in. And look, the 50-day moving average line is not something we invented here. You know, this is something that a lot of people are looking at. A lot of institutions are looking at. Because you remember, these guys have to get in over a period of time, not just with one buy. And so a lot of times when they're looking at their average cost, if they can buy some support at that 50-day moving average line, and they know by supporting it, it kind of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy that everyone else is going to see it too. And uh, that, that could help drive the price up or at least stop it from going down if they, if they do some buying in of that line. And the other, uh, the other uh, thing that's important too is uh, when you're when you're assessing support, you definitely want to use both perspectives, the daily and the and the weekly chart. Because I was looking at some uh, examples earlier this week, where you know it the stock looked like it was uh, it was bouncing off the 50-day. I think it was uh, RH we were looking at, formerly uh, known as Restoration Hardware, but it uh, it was it was making a nice move off the 50-day moving average. But when you swung over to the to the weekly chart, it was still trying to get above the, the 10 week line, which can sometimes turn into a resistance level for a stock. So when a stock is kind of finding support at the 50 day, you want to make sure that it's kind of plowing through that, that 10 week line as well. So here again, you know, uh, this the stock looks like it's just maybe just a little bit above the, the 10 week line right now. So, um, you know, I would not you know, be be buying here off the off the the ten week line. I really like to see a more convincing move, a retaking of the ten week line. But if you look at the daily chart, support at the the fifty day looks uh, looks looks fine, right? It's uh, now it it you know it rallied on on Tuesday. It tried to rally again uh, on on Wednesday. Closed in the bottom half of its range. So, uh, and there hasn't been you know a ton of volume here. So it's it's it, it looks okay. It looks okay. But again, I think the weekly chart shows the uh, is the is the best picture here it is not really you know it hasn't it hasn't in other words it hasn't bounced with conviction off its 10 week yet you know yeah. and that's uh and that's a that's an important uh you know differentiation uh to to make so there's there's a there's a, a little bit of art art to it but in in the end it's like with the 10 week line you just want to see a nice a nice convincing retake now can you mention volume how often you know or 
I guess in this market, volume has been one of those things that seems like it's been a little bit trickier. Uh, you know, a lot of, I mean, we've been seeing a huge decrease in, in volume in the indexes and in a lot of the individual stocks. So mm -hmm. what kind of volume are you looking for? You were mentioning that kind of conviction. And if you don't get the volume, does that mean you pass or do you rely a little bit more on the price action? Yeah, I mean, I, I do rely because the, the, the volume point is, is a good one. I mean, finding stocks bouncing with conviction is, a, is seems a lot harder now because volume has just dried up in the, in, in the market. And, and um, so I, I, I would say in a, in a situation like, like Toll Brothers, I mean, here, you know, our, our, the example we looked at, there was some, some good volume on, on Tuesday and Wednesday. So if, if volume is not heavy when a stock is finding support, it's not a deal breaker for me because I know volume has been light in the market for, for a while now, like I said. Uh, but here again, Toll Brothers, you know, here's a, just a nice, a nice move above the 10-week the moving average. You can see how Toll Brothers chart looks a lot different really than, than RH's chart in terms of what support looks like. So um, if, you know, if, 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 if the stock is bouncing and, you know, volume might be average, maybe if, it, if it's higher than the prior session on the daily chart, uh, you know, it, it, I, I may give it, uh, I may give it the benefit of the doubt. So it doesn't, doesn't have to be an explosion of, of, of volume when a stock is finding support, but it, again, it's just been, the volume has been tricky lately. Right. And volume on the bounce is important. Let's also talk about volume on the pullback itself and what you ideally want to see there, because a gentle pullback in light volume and then you get that strong bounce seems like a better situation than just a really sharp, heavy volume decline to that 50 day line. Yeah, so you know, Fortune Fortune Brands uh, is uh, is uh, is a good example of what a real orderly pullback looks like. I mean, this is not a high octane, high beta growth stock. That is, uh, you know, it's a it's you know kind of a you know a, a mid a mid cap uh, stock. But you know, this is a, a stock that has pulled back uh, pretty pretty gently. I mean, it had a couple of a couple of initial drops off its high on the daily chart, but then volume. Um, yeah, it's it's been it's been a pretty moderate uh, pullback. And if you look at the weekly chart, you can see, um, you know, again, it's just, it's just been just, uh, this is to, to me, looks like a very orderly uh, pullback to the 10 week line. Now it's just kind of sitting right above the line. I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it bounce a little more uh, and maybe get, uh, get closer to last week's uh, high. Uh, but this is, this is what a good first test of the 10 week line uh, looks like. And uh, the other example I had was uh, uh, Stanley Black and Decker SWK. This one was, I think, a, a low volume. Um, yeah, this was kind of a better example of a low, a kind of low volume pullback after after a breakout on the daily chart, and then um, it's been just kind of trending above the 50-day line. You go to the weekly chart. This is a stock that uh, has really been under uh, in a nice accumulation phase. You can see a lot of these weekly uh, weekly up bars. You know. Um, yeah, and then and then you look at the pullback to the ten week line. Look at the the, the two two down weeks in volume got uh, got lighter and and lighter. So another you know orderly pullback to the ten week line here. Yeah. So and that's uh, FBHS that we were just looking at, and then SWK for Stanley Black and Decker. Now, um, just just kind of hitting a theme here. Uh, it seems like you're looking at a lot of the the home type stocks, whether it's the 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 furniture the, the furniture with RH or the builders like Toll Brothers or even 
hey, the, the tools and you know things like that. So uh, is this something that you often look at is, hey, there's a bunch of things with a related theme that are acting kind of in unison? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, we always say when stocks uh, move, they tend to move in, in groups. So, I mean, there's definitely a, a, a theme here. Uh, uh, you know the the home builders and Stanley Black and Decker and Fortune Brands. I mean, this is uh, this is a really strong area of of the market right now. Low interest rates. Uh, we we mentioned that, um, but in the you know there's a lot of stocks in the home building group that are that are uh, finding uh, support. Uh, LGI Homes is another big leader uh, in in the group. So uh, yeah, I mean they, this is this is an area of the mar uh, market that's really working. Uh, you know, not that long ago it seemed like well fertilizer stocks and and airline stocks and financial stocks well the money has rotated we'll just be in the, in these uh, in these sectors it's uh, it's easy we won't be in uh, technology anymore but uh, you know the, the 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 building sector and the housing market has been uh, has been very strong uh, here's LGI on the uh, the daily chart now there was a little bit of volatility here when it when it started to uh, to pull back but its latest two declines uh, you know volume started to dry up and we swing over to the weekly chart and see what that test looks like on the on the on the weekly and here you know is really a, a perfect example see it lo volume looked heavy on the on the daily chart but when you look at the two most recent down weeks uh, you know it volume was a lot lower than the prior up week and then it got even lower the, the following week there you go right in there and now um, you know we're early uh, well we're midway through the week and, and not a lot of volume here but Justin I mean this is just good good price action so right. uh, I would say this stock is you know not extended at all we look at you know on the weekly chart how much is it above the 10 week moving average? And we'll see the percentage is uh, yeah, 6, 6.8%. So um, we usually, when a stock bounces off the 10 week, we'll let it go up to about seven, eight, nine percent above the 10 week line before we start thinking it's extended. So this one still looks to be in range uh, uh, to, to my eye. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because when you're buying, you can use that 10 week line to size your position off that level, which is exactly what you're saying there, Ken. And on the sell side, a decisive close below the 10 week can be a really good thing to look at when you're initiating a, a position trade, a level that can keep you in a stock when you're seeing a test of that, of that level midweek. By the end of the week, if you are able to see that support that we've been talking about, it might be able to keep you in there. Yeah, we tend not to, for leaderboard, we tend not to make our, our sell decisions until the end of the week. And if the market is really, you know, weakening and, uh, it, you know, distribution days are starting to become prominent, we've got some some tough, uh, tough, tough price action on the leaders list. We'll look at uh, we'll look at where these stocks are in relation to their ten week line, and if they're more than two percent, if they close the week more than two percent below the ten week line, we'll we'll generally uh, let let them go in 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 most uh, in most cases. So, uh, but that ten week line it is uh, it is important. We've been uh, you know it's at the crux of our uh, buying strategy, and and like uh, like you and Justin said, it's uh, decisive breaks of the of the ten week line. Uh, can mark the end of a, of a long run. We saw that with Peloton and DocuSign and Zoom Video last year. Um, so if you were watching that negative price action at the 10-week moving average, you get out of these you know, uh, market leaders before the real damage is done. You know, one final thought I wanted to just cover is, you know, we, we talked a lot about the, um, the, the, the way in which it pulls back. Is there a steepness to that pullback that concerns you? Or, you know, it, it, is that something that is something you look at. Um, and I also want to point out just, you know, to make sure that people realize 
notice that what Ken is doing is he's often going to both the weekly and the daily charts on these. So I think that's a really important point that a lot of people miss. They, they kind of say, hey, what, which one should I look at? Ken, you look at both. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, and, and steep, a steep a pullback to the 10-week line is, is not as ideal as kind of a slow gradual line. And maybe looking at uh, Alcoa would be a, a good example here, uh, ticker AA, which is, uh, I think this is the first test of the 10-week moving average. We'll just have to pull up the, the weekly chart here. Yeah, I mean, this is, yeah, see, so this is, this is a pullback that looks a little uh, suspicious to me. Uh, and not a stock that I'm just chomping at the bit to, to buy right now, even though it is making a good stand at the 10 week. And if I, I don't buy it and it finds support, I could be wrong, but I'm just looking at the two, the two weekly declines off the, off the top and the volume that came, uh, that came with it. I mean, this, this to me looks kind of like a, 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 a kind of a steep decline to the 10 week line. Uh, there were big sellers in the stock, both of those weeks that closed in the bottom, well in the bottom half of its range on both of those down weeks. So it's making a stand right now. And, and uh, you know, it has not lost support uh, clearly, but this is a, this is a pullback that looks a little, a little more suspect than some of the other recent ones that we've looked at. That's right. Well, we talked about the sector rotation that we're seeing from group to group. And when we come back, we are going to be taking a look at three stocks. Ken's going to analyze those for us. We'll have to see how the sector rotation could play out uh, with these names. So we'll be digging into that when we come back. Do you feel like you're always late to the best trades? You don't have to kick yourself for those missed opportunities any longer. Today is your day. Vantage Point's artificial intelligence has helped traders of all experience levels with its predictive analysis forecasting. Visit www.freestockcoaching.com and find out how their AI automatically recognizes global market patterns well ahead of the news to help you pick the best trade. Go to www.freestockcoaching.com to join a free live training session today. Vantage Point's patented artificial intelligence can give you a massive edge. Don't hesitate, save your seat now. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Welcome back everyone to Investing with IBD sponsored by Vantage Point. Allie Corum and Justin Nielsen here with our special guest, Ken Shreve. So Ken, let's dive right into analyzing a couple of stocks that could be setting up here, kicking things off with in-mode ticker INMD. First, let's start off with the fundamentals. What is it about this story that appeals to you? Uh, well, you know, great earnings and sales. Uh, the medical aesthetics uh, market could could see a you know continued uh, strength after after COVID. Uh, people going out and getting the procedures done. Uh, but this uh, this company is selling a lot of product. They've got a lot of a uh, lot of new products in the in the pipe uh, pipeline. So minimally invasive uh, cosmetic uh, procedures, uh, skin tightening. You know, all this all this aesthetic, uh, all this aesthetic of aesthetic work, uh, we have been waiting for InMode to form a new base. This thing has been riding its 10-week line higher seemingly forever, showing strength, and it finally uh, looks like it's uh, it's ready to form a new base here. It's uh, kind of almost, uh, well, three and a half weeks, um, four and a half weeks into a new consolidation. Uh, by Friday, this will be week five. So uh, a structure like this, we'll want to see at least uh, six weeks of, uh, of consolidation, if, if not more, but 
but uh, like how the stock has moved back above its uh, its 10 week moving average, uh, it's been a pretty orderly pullback. Um, you know, it hasn't really corrected uh, that much. It's only 8.7% off its high after uh, after the price move that that it's made. So uh, you can see it's a limited uh, limited uh, trading history. It's still a relatively new company. So uh, if it does form a new base and, and break out this uh, to me looks like it would be, you know, maybe a, a second uh, second stage base here. Yeah, and I think it's an important distinction to make, given that we were just talking about pullbacks and it's uh, been able to retake its 10 week line here now. But the way in which it pulled back, it seems like you would rather wait for a full fledged base in this situation than buying it now that it's coming back through the 10 week. No, absolutely. This this stock needs to form a new base. And if it doesn't, it, it can go up without me. But I, I really need to see a, you know, a six week base form here. It may, it may end up being seven, eight weeks, however long uh, it is. I, it, 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 this is a strong enough stock with enough juice that it, it probably is not gonna take very long to, to form a base. So if it's six, uh, seven weeks, that very well could be the case. I mean, if it starts to move higher you know, this week and then you know, break out next week, uh, you know, I'm just not going to be a buyer. I got to be disciplined, and uh, I would prefer that it form a, a form a, a at least a six week base, if not seven eight weeks. And uh, looks like it's going to do that, um, and we'll see. But I just I think the fundamentals and, and technicals uh, measure up here. Composite rating of uh, of 99, and you've got that you know nice accelerating sales in uh, in recent quarters. Great management team. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot to like about this company. We'll see if it can if it can complete a base. It's been a while since it since it formed a base, so it could probably use it, and we'll see how it uh, we'll see how it shapes out. Just on the watch list uh, for now, and I know what I want to see happen, and if it happens, uh, great. I want to I want to be able to own the stock at some point. So, what about the volume on the downside on this one? So, right now, it looks like there was, and and granted, this was around earnings, so you you kind of expect a, an increase in volume around earnings, but um, a lot of a lot of red there. Um, pretty high. Do you want to see something balance that out? Well, absolutely. When a stock forms the right side of a base, heavy volume as the left side of, the, of a base forms does not uh, does not bother me. I mean, institutions may be in there just taking taking some profits and, uh, you know, rotating out into another group or, or sector. So when a stock starts forming the left side of a base, heavy volume doesn't uh, concern me. Uh, now, it's a good point. It, it has been it has started to, to rally back and there hasn't been much volume at all behind the, the recent gains. So uh, that is potentially a problem. So we'll look to see that improve. It just, it needs more time. If you have heavy volume as the left side forms, you want to see at least some signs of renewed accumulation as the right side of the base uh, forms and uh, not you may be seeing a little bit of it, but not. Uh, you can see on the daily chart here, you've got some higher volume gains. Some of them have been in below average volume, but higher from the prior session. So maybe some very subtle signs of accumulation, but would like to see more of it to, uh, to uh, you know, make this technical picture better. Uh, let's yeah. go ahead and take a look at Applied Materials, AMAT, mm-hmm. uh, A-M-A-T is the ticker symbol on this one. Uh, what do you think, Ken? 
Uh, I think this is a reason to be uh, confident about the, the NASDAQ and uh, feeling that it, the, the NASDAQ's run may not be over. Again, maybe it runs up towards that 14,000 level, moves sideways, and eventually breaks out. But I think the chip stocks still uh, look very good here. The earnings have been uh, fantastic. And when, the, when chip stocks start to recover, it's usually not a six-month or, or, or year-long recovery. I mean, this, this uh, to me, still could be in the early stages of a, of a good recovery here. Uh, applied materials. This is still looks like an early stage uh, base to me, especially if we go to the, the weekly chart. Um, and I don't know, Market Smith, I think, is recognizing it as a second stage. Yeah, so a second stage uh, base. And uh, this is a just a, another good base uh, uh, taking shape. What I what I like about this base so far is you do have a, a, a big down week uh, at the bottom of the base, but it, it, this is what we would call a support week because volume was uh, very heavy, but notice how the stock closed well off its uh, low. So that's a support week at the bottom of the base. The following week, you had uh, above average volume weekly price gain um, so this is a, this is a base that is setting up nicely. The uh, relative strength line is just off highs. I think uh, applied materials looks uh, looks pretty strong here, and the chip equipment group has been you know has been a, a, a leader for some time. And a lot of these stocks pulled back and are, are starting to to rally back. So if they can start moving again, that could be a big help for the Nasdaq. It's important to note that support week, the heavy volume there, actually is okay. You know, the yes. fact that it's on a red week, because as you said, the fact that it came off its lows, clo closing in the upper part, um, you know, uh, or at least the 40% range is kind of our threshold. So, uh, absolutely. Um, yeah. so Ken, you're waiting for a breakout to new highs here, not looking at a declining tops trend line for something like this. Well, I mean, you, I would like to see a base. I'd like to see a base form here. A lot of people are looking at that 138.67 uh, high. You could even argue this is a, maybe a, a market smith is recognizing it as just a consolidation phase. Uh, you could look at it as a, as a, a double, bottom, bo double bottom pattern. Typically, we like to see double bottoms at least six, seven weeks uh, old in duration. So this may be a little bit, uh, a little bit short. But uh, some people looking at that recent high of 138.67, I'd like to see this thing. Uh, you know, move up closer to that one, uh, 146 high and, uh, and then maybe drift uh, lower form a handle area here and get a, and get a bona fide uh, breakout. But I'm sure some, uh, some traders, uh, you know, drew that uh, trend line just like you did and uh, may have uh, nibbled at the stock on, uh, on, on Monday when it uh, broke out over that trend line. One thing to note is that, you know, not all the, not all the semiconductor stocks are created equal here. I, it seems like there's some real standouts here, uh, applied materials being one of them. Uh, a lot of talk about the chip shortage. And uh, again, I think it's affecting a lot of these companies differently and which ones are gonna come out on top as they increase this capacity. Yeah, so I, I think applied materials is, uh, is uh, you know, one of the leaders in the, in the chip equipment group. I think there are definitely some that, uh, that are, uh, you know, ASML is a stock that we have uh, on uh, on leaderboard, which is another uh, has been another outstanding uh, performer. Again, uh, just a, a good example of a you know solid test of the 50-day moving average, and stock is still showing relative strength. So, yeah, you want to look at the the relative strength lines in in the group that are up near highs. Uh, the stocks with the strong uh, RS ratings. Some chip equipment firms are are still struggling below their 50 days. Those are not where you want to. Uh, those are not where you want to be. You want to be in the stocks like AS. SML and uh, and uh, AMAT that are showing uh, showing relative strength. Most definitely, and upstart Ken UPST. 
we have a lot of people asking us about this one constantly, and it really has been looking better lately, has that RS rating of 99, a hot new issue. It's been pretty wild, though. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you have to know what you own. And uh, obviously, this is, in fact, some of the some of the best looking IPOs right now, you've got uh, UPST, you've got uh, PATH, and you've got Roblox, RBLX. Uh, all three of these stocks are prone to, you know, swing wildly. I mean, look at what Roblox did on, on Wednesday, went broke out, you know, soared over 90 and uh, ended up giving back a lot of that gain. So going back to upstart, I think the, the fundamentals are uh, super uh, compelling here, an artificial intelligence lending platform that is uh, really uh, giving a lot of value to people looking uh, for auto insurance at a, at a, a good rate. Um, and they're also the bank, uh, they're partnered with a lot of banks uh, that uh, giving banks a, a value uh, uh, proposition, helping them loan more efficiently. So I think this is kind of a new wave of, uh, of lending. And it really is, uh, you know, the, the company's latest quarter, 90% top line growth, uh, earnings growth of 340%. Uh, this is the stock still looks very early. Um, I think they're going to be able to, to gain significant uh, market share. And uh, again, it's just a volatile swinger. I think this is a stock you look back uh, a year or two later and, and say, boy, I can't believe I was able to, to get this around 150 bucks a share. So uh, it's just got all the characteristics that we like to see in a new issue. I wish it traded a little more tightly because these these stocks are are uh, tough to hold, but you have to just um, you know embrace the embrace the fundamentals and from here uh, I'm gonna just wait and see what the what the price action looks like uh, from here maybe it it, it it tightens up and eventually tries to, to break out with conviction over the 1 160 level I'll be uh, right there uh, if, if it does but hopefully the volatility will subside a little bit but just absolutely love the the fundamentals here and recognizing when something has that increased volatility or it's a new issue um, you know a, a, an IPO do you ever, uh, adjust your stops accordingly and say, okay, I'm going to give this one more room because I know that, hey, 7%, 8%, it could do that in a day. I absolutely do. Now, as some some don't. Some follow the uh, some follow the the rules uh, specifically. But you know, with stocks that that, that trade in, in volatile fashion, I I am a little more late because I always say a, a new buy is always going to be a small, you know, kind of a starter position, maybe two or two or three percent of the of the portfolio. So if um, you know, and and so if if I, if I'm down, you know, nine or ten percent or something like that below my purchase price, it's not going to hurt as much as it was if I started with a six or seven percent position. But I definitely do give these a little more uh, room. I'll try to buy the stock and, and look where a, a key moving average is. If that moving average is 10% below my purchase price, I'll, I'll, I'll give it some room, definitely. All right. Very so good. we'll have to see if Upstart can tighten up here, maybe uh, some sort of handle or tight action. That would be good to see. And if it can continue to move higher, because the last two earnings reports, Ken, the stock has uh, seen some nice moves to the upside. So it'd be good if it can settle down here. Yeah, I was 
yeah. I, I was actually happy to to see it uh, kind of reverse off its high on on Monday because it just it just let me know that this still maybe is not ready to break out yet. It might bide a little more time around this uh, 150 level. But if we can you know if we can you know keep this keep this uptrend uh, going for the Nasdaq and the S and P 500, and uh, you know the technicals continue to improve with the major stock indexes, that could pave the way for a, a bona fide breakout here. So uh, the Monday's reversal. Uh, might not have been good for people that own the stock, but for me, just kind of waiting for an entry, uh, it's still a good one for the watch list here. Awesome. Well, that's it for us on this week's Investing with IBD. Ken, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your insights. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure, you guys. Yeah. And of course, you can see Ken a lot of times on that Stock Market Today video, uh, wrapping up the day's action after the close or on IBD Live. Uh, He's a frequent panelist on the IBD Live morning show uh, where we're, you know, analyzing the first hour of trading at least and a little bit of the pre-market. Speaking of which, next week we have Market Smith senior product coach and fellow IBD Live panelist Scott St. Clair that will be joining us again. He's going to have his return to the podcast, so make sure you tune in for that. Well, again, that's it for this week. Thanks so much for tuning in. So for Allie and Justin, myself, signing off and we'll see you next time. And for this week's notes and charts, make sure to go to investors.com slash podcast, where you'll find details for each episode in the podcast episode section. And make sure to subscribe, rate and review our podcast if you haven't already. We'd really appreciate it. You can also send us your questions and comments to investingpodcast at investors.com. We would love to hear from you and may use your comments on an upcoming episode. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities. Make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making any investment decisions.